everybody, welcome to We've Got the Beat, the podcast devoted to teen entertainment from the 80s and beyond. I'm your host, Michael, and Mindy's on the other side. Oh, 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 oh. that was great, and fast, and wonderful. <laughs> it's, a, it's almost a running gag that I fuck up every opening, but I, we've got, I think one out of every four I get right. I was going to say, I was thinking to myself, am I going to have to start taking over this intro? almost (laughs) alright so this episode is a first for me I think this is the first time that both movies are new to me I'm so proud of you well I mean I knew how much you loved them and I was like well I like the cast I like the director you know I I was like look just okay you know what I'll give it a shot and I'm really glad I didn't like ooh gonna back off this one (laughs) cause I think once before I had suggested a movie that neither one of us had seen and I watched it, and I was like, oh, this is shit. We can't do this. Well, do you remember what that was? It was like six months ago, I think. Something. No, I don't, I don't uh, remember. It was something like, oh, fuck, derail. Oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't that long ago. It was uh, Zoom. It was just like three episodes ago or something like that. No, I mean, I've seen it before. I just hadn't seen it for a long time. Yeah. I didn't think that's what you meant, but... I'm sure there's another one in there somewhere. But, um, Sister of the Traveling Pants, uh, tell me the difference in the books and the movies, because I'm curious. Oh, I'm not really sure I could at this point, because it's been a, a very, 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 very long time since I've read the books. So, I don't know. How many books are there total? Four? Um, I think so. Although, admittedly, I haven't never... I've never read the last one, because I think it's about them as adults okay so is essentially but I, think I, should, I think I should go back and read it because I heard that they're making a third movie and maybe that's what it's going to be based on yeah it's uh, I just saw uh, Ken Kwop is the director of the first one is doing the he's sister- going to direct it yeah the sisterhood Ooh. forever or something or sisterhood united I can't remember now give me a sec I'll look. Uh, sisterhood everlasting is what it is Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I was just thinking after watching the movies again that, oh, I should go back and read these books. I mean, I definitely think that they changed uh, some of the relationship outcomes and things like that. I don't, a lot of the stuff in the second one, I don't even remember if it actually happens in the book. I'm not really sure. The first one, I think, is is fairly close, but Uh I I can't tell you for sure. So are the books supposed to take place each subsequent summer, or is there a time gap between them? Do you remember? I do not remember, but I think that it's, yeah, like one per summer for three summers. Oh, fudge sauce. Because what I'm curious is, I can imagine the first book and the first movie are really close together. It's probably the second movie since it was three, I think three years later. And if the books are every summer afterwards, then of course they're going to have to like, you know, collect up a lot of the books together and and then also like add stuff so it all makes sense because you're talking now, you know, like they're sophomores or something. The second one was a big. A, a much further leap from the books if I remember correctly but like I said I mean it's been so long since I read this book so yeah admittedly I don't know I'm looking um, at uh, I'm looking at Ken Quapis and you and I probably know him mostly from television because he did so many episodes of The Office but I'm looking at his filmography of movies and they're so all over the place they're almost all comedies but they're so. You mean the Ken Quapis or whatever? Yeah, it goes. And now you've never seen this movie, but it's really good. It's one of Andrew McCarthy's first movies called The Benneker Gang. 
Um, okay. Then he did Follow That Bird, which is, okay, that's a Sesame Street movie. Then Vibes. Dude, that was a, hey, that was the first movie I ever saw in the movie theater. It is not. It is not even it close. Is. No way is that. You went and saw E.T. with us. It was 1982. You cried. You were scared. Well, it's, how about that's the first movie I remember? Because okay. I don't remember going to the movie theater to see E.T. when I was two years old. Now, are you talking strictly movie theater and not including the many times we went to the drive-in? I am talking about specifically went to the drive-in, I mean, to the movie theater just for me. Okay. Now, do you remember going to the drive-in before that? I remember running my PJs and packing snacks on the cooler. <laughs> I was going to say, because I think you saw about 10 movies in the drive-in before uh, Fall of That Bird. But I'm going to go through my filmography, because I wrote down every single movie we've ever saw in the okay. theater. Okay. Well, see... you remember those kinds of things much better than I do. <laughs> I so even remember I... the theaters we saw them in. <laughs> um, I really thought that that was the first movie I saw in the movie theater. I'll look it up, but it, it's not far off. But I know that there were some movies we saw before that, but most of them were the drive-in because that was just like a good, you know, financial like decision. Oh, the whole family for five oh, bucks. Four. Okay, yeah. Um, it was my, I, if if I recall correctly, it was my reward for for not crying when I got my shots before going to kindergarten. Oh, really? Okay, that's interesting. Um, In fact, to be fabricated since apparently I don't have the greatest memory. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, so so uh, vibes was after that, which is a very goddamn boring sci-fi movie with uh, Jeff Goldblum and Cindy Lauper. Um, mm-hmm. He said, she said, Dunstan checks in. The beautician and the beast. A couple movies I've never even heard of. Then Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. License to Wed. He's just not that into you. Big Miracle and A Walk in the Woods. That's all over the place directorial. But his TV stuff is what shows me why they chose uh, Sister of the Traveling Pants because he worked with a lot of teenagers. Um, mm-hmm. By doing Eerie Indiana, he did a bunch of episodes of that and Freaks and Geeks. Malcolm in the Middle, Malcolm in the Middle, and Grounded for Life before he uh, he started doing uh, the movies. You know, he came back to film. What a, I had no idea he had all this stuff before, you know, the TV things, and how, just, you're right, so bizarre and all over the place. Yeah. Wow. Whatever it was, he must have proved something to the producers of this. What I'm surprised by is that this was written by one of the Efron sisters, and, you know, that feels more in line with what she would have done, like Inora would have done. Mm-hmm. That it was a book written by a woman, the movie was written by a woman, and it was directed by this, a man, which surprised me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of strange. I mean, I guess if you look at his movie material before that, it wasn't like, bro. Like, every once in a while, you'll see a movie that's no. meant for girls, and you go, what? Like, Hunger Games was directed by Gary Ross. I'm like, I guess Pleasantville gives you that street cred, because f- fucking nothing else does. Mm-hmm. Um... So the, the the if you don't know anything about this, it's about a in quotation marks uh, magical <laughs> pair of pants, which aren't they're they're almost they think they're lucky, but I, I I don't believe it is. It's just how life works, and she even mentions that in the second movie. It's like not necessarily actually magical. It's just that we wanted it to be so bad that we believed right. it was, and 
it's it, called it's called uh, the power of magical thinking or whatever it's called. Yeah, the uh, positive thinking. Um, so it's what sophomore year for these four girls who go in different directions, correct? And and the pants are supposed yeah. to be what binds them for the summer, which honestly seems like a really silly idea to just mail it these is pants. So silly. Yeah, <laughs> it's like these things. But somehow, such a silly concept. I mean, that sounds so ridiculous saying it out loud. Somehow, though, like it's in the book and the movie. I think it's written really well in that it's really, you know, it's really a story about, um, you know, self discovery and growing up and learning about yourself away from your friends for the, you know, for the really the first time in your life. And these girls have been best friends since before birth. <laughs> and they've been a, they've been a group. And this is the first time they're apart going through real challenges um, with this one, this one special thing that binds them. But it's really not. It's just a symbol. Yeah. Can you imagine someone pitching this now and some studio heads is going, so the pants don't actually give them, like, superhero powers? Like, they don't, they don't telekinetic or blasting fire? No. Yeah, like, does it make it fly? <laughs> well, can it just yeah. be a series on one of our streaming services then? Because we don't, we don't deal in those kind of characters. It just, it just amplifies their confidence. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we have Amber Tamplin's story is that she gets left behind to work her boring retail job where everybody goes off on some adventure, uh, different levels of adventure. But I thought her story was actually the best, is that yeah. she deals with this neighborhood girl that they don't get along with at all in the beginning. Like she's per- The little girl's purposely like taunting her. But also, I know, you know, she's just like a little pest. Yeah, and but at the same time, Amber's kind of like, uh, you know, kind of a grumpy, uh, almost borderline goth girl, like just miserable, <laughs> and kind of makes her situation worse just because it's like she's more comfortable in misery. Yeah, well, I think that's you know a good part of the story too. Is it's just like you know you like your life can be interesting. You can have personal growth. In, in different ways, you know. I, I mean, that's the whole thing is, like, you don't have to go off to an exotic country to figure out who you are or right. to have interesting life experiences, and that's what happens to her. Well, and it's a lot, like, if I'm wrong, correct me, but she's shooting a movie, and I swear she, she calls it, like, The Losers. Like, it's all about these people who whose lives are so, like mediocre that and she films them like almost as if she's mocking them like the kid who plays yeah she's kind of she's honestly kind of an asshole yeah i mean i kind of thought they're going that's what you were going to make the movie about how did i not catch that before that's really shitty yeah i think that she was talking she was focusing on like the mundane uh, things in life and and stuff like that but i don't remember exactly if that's what it was called but i wouldn't be surprised if that were true Yeah, yeah she's kind of a dick by the way, I became very fascinated by his Dragon's Lair playing because that's the one. Yeah. I've never seen that version. That must. Be, I mean, that's a newer version. But do you remember the old uh, Dragon's Lair game where it was all animated and it was just like one button, which was move or sword or whatever it was? And just, yeah. We. Uh, you're not gonna remember this. Um, we used no. to go to the Holodome in downtown Fort Wayne, which people who are younger than us probably don't know what that is. But there were resorts in big cities called Holodomes, which is owned by Holiday Inn, but in the middle, they had a huge dome, and, it, and you had, uh, like, pool and all sorts of, like, those kind of games, uh, ping pong and stuff like that, 
and a giant pool uh, to play in. Um, is that where I went to quote unquote learn how to swim? Yes. And we. I, I do remember that. And there was an arcade center next to it, which now that I think about it, having kids jump out of a wet pool <laughs> to go play video games seems like a very hazardous thing to do. <laughs> but we didn't actually stay there. We it was just, the 80s. Was that? It was the 80s. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't actually stay at the hotel. We just bought like memberships to use the pool and, and just hang out in that area. It was weird. But that's the first time I had seen Dragon's Lair, and I was like, it's just an animated game? That's so weird because it wasn't like anything else. Um, and to this day, I'm still fascinated by the, that, that concept. So <laughs> when he was playing uh, a whole different version, I was like, ooh, where's this? I got to go find this game and play it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That... Uh... Um... <laughs> also, I think it, it's, it's interesting that, like, the four girls all had television success, but at different times. So, I, it's, if I, I can remember correctly, when the first movie came out, it was Amber Tamlin and Alexis Bledel. Right. What was, then, was her Joan of Arcadia? Out, it was America Ferreira and Blake Lively. Yeah. Um, so, Amber well, was on Joan of Arcadia for, what, like, three years? I think it was only, it was two, maybe three years, yeah. yeah. It was and one of those... when this movie came out, the first year was so acclaimed, and she got nominated for all this stuff, and then it just sort of petered out. Yeah, I don't know Very if quickly. it was just purely ratings, or the story crumbled, and that's why it got pulled. Um, and then, how, where were we in Gilmore Girls? Has it ended yet? Are we still going for a couple more years? <laughs> Sorry, that's so funny. Um, it was on for like seven seasons. Um, it was original run, and then there was a one, a one season, four episode mini movies. Oh, okay. I guess uh, it's just been like I don't know four, four year, four five years now on it. Netflix. I don't expect that they intend to ever continue it. Okay. I, I'm not sure. That was just like for the fans. <laughs> And what? Um, it was for the fans, right? Like, kind of like the way uh, some shows just continue, not necessarily because of the raids, because it has a solid fan base that they just want to yeah, say, Yeah, okay, I think you. that the intent was two things. One, for the fans, and two, the creator of the show, Amy Sherwood Palladino, uh, parted ways with the show uh, after, I think, after season five. So the last, the last two seasons, or maybe just the last very last season wasn't done by her and it did not end the way that she wanted it to end she always had a, a, a specific vision about how the show would end mm. so in coming back to it with netflix she was able to end it the exact way that she had always intended so it was kind of for, for the creators and for the fans that sure seems to happen a lot how many teen shows especially teen shows it seems like where the original creator is booted yeah. off and then it just continues on and then just falls apart because it didn't stick to the original vision. I mean, it sure it sure fell apart because it did, just didn't have the same tone. Yeah. That she's she's you know very well known for. The, so uh, anyway, and then by the time the next the the second movie came around, then it was I think Ugly Betty was on and getting lots of acclaim and. Um, whatever that shitty ass shit Gossip Girl I believe was in God, that show was really bad but it was really really popular at least 
you know, and it definitely in the early days. And now it's, I mean, popular enough that there's a new revival show on, like, HBO Max, I think. Uh-huh. I yeah, and it feels but, like, I feel like this is, like, one of those moments where they weren't necessarily casting because these people were on hot shows. Which is no, good. I because mean, it, just, it probably was a coincidence, but... No, no, what I'm saying is, you know how it was, like, five years before the first movie when... We talked about it before, like, when the WB was red fucking hot, and all of a sudden every movie had, like, five or six yeah. main cast members because they were on a popular teen show, either on, like, Fox or yeah. MTV or whatever. Yeah. This seems like it was, we're just going to look for the right people, regardless of whether or not they're on a successful TV show or in a, a popular movie. Yeah. And that's yes. why it works so well. Um, so so let's see back to the story. So then we have America Ferrera's story where she's going out to her dad's place and she hasn't really seen him very much. He's been kind of disconnected and that's a big sticking point. Not just because he doesn't communicate that, oh look, I have a whole new family. Oh, and I'm getting remarried. It's just that he wasn't there for her. Oh yeah, they hardly ever see each other and but also how could he wait until he shows up at his new home with his new family to tell her anything? Like how did what? he think that was gonna be a good reaction? <laughs> how do you do that to a sixteen year old girl who thinks she's gonna have a whole summer of undivided attention from her dad for the first time in her life? Yeah, it's like, oh hey, oh, look at this delicious I meal. I spit in it. <laughs> what? And the way and the way that she reacts feels so genuine. And also, I I, I mean personally, I could I can't blame her. I would have fucking done every single one of those things she did. I really do think I would. And I I honestly, her character is the best of both movies, and I think her performances. I think she's the best actress of the whole bunch. Yes, I mean she. She's, you know, I think that before she was in this movie, she did do a few other things, including a movie that had quite a lot of acclaim, I think, was Real Real Women, Women Have Curves. Right, right. Uh, which may or may not have been based on a book, too, but I'm pretty sure that that came a couple years before this. And she really, although it's not, you know, like, I don't know, mainstreamly popular, I think really shows early on her enormous talent. I think it's very strange that the director of that is the director of the last Halloween 3 hit trilogy. That's so weird to me. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's strange. I didn't know that. I'm going to be honest and say as much as I, you know, was was a fan of Gilmore Girls for much of my life, I really do think that Alexis Bledel is kind of a weak actress. Like, yeah, her story is the flimsiest. About her. It's not even necessary her story, but I think that she just... There's something about her that doesn't feel natural with yeah. her delivery. Well, it's her, very stilted. Her story is uh, basically the same through both movies, and I, I just yes. I'm not it's not that interesting to me. Um, it's just a rehashed Romeo and Juliet crap. Yeah, well, it's the same thing for Blake Lively. I don't. I think her story is a little bit more interesting in the second movie, but both their characters yeah. just don't have that connection. They don't. They, I feel like yeah. their characters are just kind of like flimsy, like Hallmark movie level difficulty. Yeah. What is even Blake Lively's story in the second movie? I can't even remember. The second movie, she um, so basically, you know, they 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 start early in the first movie where her mom died, but then you find out later that it's like she was suffering from depression and mental illness and she killed herself. Um, so 
in the second movie, she finds all these letters in the attic or the garage or something from her grandmother, who she doesn't remember ever meeting, and her dad hides that had hidden them from her and kept her from having a relationship with the grandmother. So she ends up, uh, she first starts out on some, you know, archaeological dig. That's right. Which is, which somehow compels her when, you know, looking for, you know, investigating these people's history and backstory inspires her to want to know more about her own personal history so she goes to find her grandmother and spend time with her. Yeah, that part's good, but I feel like that whole archaeological thing before that was also just like the yeah. way it was in the first movie with the soccer camp. Yeah. And, oh, these slightly older boy, ooh, I can't date. Like, it's just such a nothing, there's nothing compelling about that. It was just sort of a, a detour, which they should have just got to the good stuff. Yeah. It would have been better if she had been able to spend like the whole time with her grandmother because really it's just a couple scenes and that's not really enough. Yeah, I, I would say like I, I do yeah, I was just thinking like it's also the cast around them. It has to be interesting, those characters. The 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 only story in the first movie that really has like a whole lot of pull is uh the little girl dying of leukemia and then the challenges of uh, Carmen's family, you know, Bradley Whitford yeah. and Nancy Travis, whatever. And it's not that I think Carmen's just a little too sensitive to some of the things. Just because you didn't think of something, like the dress, doesn't yeah. mean that it was intended, like uh, uh, malicious no, or whatever. She's like, oh shit, I, I just. Think, I think the reality of that, though, is that it was the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, but it also, was, that's a failure. There was already so many things yeah, that she's insecure about. That's a failure on her dad's part for not telling his wife to be that well, he... Well, everything's a failure on her dad's part. He fucks up so many things that didn't need to be this way. Does he ever play, nature. like, a straight-up good guy? I always feel like he's... You know, well, we mostly know from the mm. 80s as, like, a smarmy piece of shit... But he always does seem kind of like a uh, fast-talking dipshit or, or a fuck-up. Uh, I think that he's always, uh, like, straddling, straddling two universes. Mm-hmm. Lots <laughs> of gray area. Very, he's never very straightforward, I don't think. The, uh, yeah. there's, not, there's not a whole lot more I want to say. I do find the relationship, I don't know the kid's name, but he's the one that was in perfect score do you remember the movie where chris evans and uh mike mike vogel the soccer guy no no it's it's the the kid playing oh, Dragon's leonard, leonard tant a nam or something yeah he was in perfect score and i remember we watched that and we're like that's the only dude in this because we thought the movie sucked if i remember correctly at the time and we're like that's the only dude that was actually funny in the whole thing uh, I really like him. I think he's really like he's done a lot of stuff, but I think that he's just kind of a character actor that just sort of like doesn't get the love he, yeah. he deserves. I don't know. I just I just thought he was really good in both movies, and it is kind of a shame uh, that he didn't get a whole lot uh, after that. I guess I looked at his IMDb, and I'm he's wrong. Still, he's still working very heavily, my friend. I think uh, a lot of TV, some voice work. But no, he's working a lot. I just saw him in a movie. Uh, he was in a 2021 movie with uh, Jennifer. What's your her name? Jennifer Garner, Edgar Ramirez. 
doing a lot of voice work. Nah, I think he's good. He's oh. on 12 episodes of Westworld, Swamp Thing. Oh, so he's doing fine. What am I talking about? He's, he's doing great. He had a couple a couple episodes on The Flash. He, he's, he's doing plenty, I think. I don't know if we brought this up before, because I don't think we've done a movie with Blake Lively before, but did I ever tell you who Blake Lively's siblings are? I know her sister's Robin Lively. Okay, yeah, and her brother was the second Rusty in European Vacation. Oh, I don't remember, but also the guy who's her dad in these movies is her dad. Her real-life dad, really? Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, shit, that's cool. I didn't know Every, that. Like, everyone in her family is an actor, I think. Huh. But I knew the Robin Lively one the most because she did these funny... She, you know, uh, I'm going to digress for just a second, sorry. That, like, um, Ryan Reynolds is, has a lot of, you know, uh, things he's investing in, different companies and such. Yeah, yeah. Mint Mobile. And he and he's currently has the, like, phone one or something. Yeah, yeah. Mint Mobile. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Oh, well, he kind of cut out, so I didn't hear. Sorry. Okay. Um, but I think that that relatively recently they did like a, a commercial promo commercial for it and robin did it with him robin and ryan and like it was like a family thing no, okay, about cool. family plan, plan or something but i don't remember how i knew that they were siblings but i think i found that out a long time ago but it's her i don't know if i'm familiar enough with like who her brother is eric, eric? yeah i mean he, I he only did a few movies anyway yeah, they were very, I think their whole family is in the biz. The uh, the but. sequel, um, you know, I remember that there was a, a question of whether or not there would be a sequel because mm-hmm. what it brought in, essentially, if you take out all the, the costs of promoting and what the theaters uh, took, it like basically broke even, but it did so well on uh, video and, and then like on, you know, on, HBO or whatever it was on that they decided uh-huh. to do a sequel and it made just as much money as the, the first one so I'm kind of surprised they didn't bother to do the third one immediately or was there just not enough story because like I said I've never read the books and I don't know if you read all of them but was there much story after their college years? No but, but they were, there was a book there was a book released, I think I said there was a book released about their adult years, but I think it came much later. Okay, so that explains why there wasn't a third, because I thought they were supposed that to... That doesn't stop people from making sequels. That's true. I mean, they could have they could have just gone off the rails and made their own story. Yeah, I mean, fucking Game really of Thrones. Game of Thrones didn't wait around for him to finish those books, which I still don't know if he actually finished those books. <laughs> they was like, well, we're going to make our own story. There's an, I, my thought is that he will never finish the book series because what's the point now? Yeah, they, true. The, 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 show, the show made up how they wanted it to end and does anybody care now what he thinks? Because yeah. either they're going to compare it or well, they're going to compare it in a negative way or I don't know. I just I don't think that there's any chance on how we're ever going to see a conclusion to those though. Um <clears throat> But whatever, I don't know. Alright, I'm going to, uh, I have the IMDB in front of me. I'm going to attempt to actually say the characters' names instead of the actors' names for once. So, <laughs> so in Eddie, the... Lena, uh, <laughs> so, uh, I forget. Yeah, it's Tibby, Lena, Carmen, and Bridget. 
Um, so, uh, Tibby's story is that she's now a film uh, student at NYU, and I was actually pleased that they sidestepped any filming. I didn't want to repeat of uh, what happened in the first movie, and then the scare of pregnancy, and the sheer weight of what she has on her shoulders, and I think it's a realistic reaction. It's a shitty reaction, but it's a realistic oh, reaction that she gives to her boyfriend. So I wanted you to know that the, the reality is, is that the second movie is based on the fourth book. Oh, Forever okay. Forever in Blue, the fourth summer of the sisterhood is what the, the, the second movie is based on. So there's actually four movies of, of them as uh, teenage college and college students. And I guess a fifth one was published in two... 2011, and that must be the one where there are adults. Okay, that must but be. But I, I have not read. Yeah. Um, we already did Bridget's story, which uh, I thought was pretty. Yeah, like you said, I wish it was more with her grandmother because I didn't care about the first part. The um, uh, Lena's story is almost the same exact fucking story uh, as the first as the first movie, except there's a part where yeah. she's like in class. Though, by the way. I was not expecting the nude, did he? <laughs> the guy to be nude, and her reaction fucking kills me. <laughs> I know. She's so, she is so good at being awkward. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. But I don't think she's acting. I think that's just how she is. <laughs> the, uh, when she tried to act tough in uh, Sin City, I didn't buy a fucking second of it. Oh, God, no. No. The, uh, she's then, just, I'm sorry. She's just not a good actress. And Carmen's story, again, is the most compelling. This time, it starts yeah. off kind of generic. You don't think it's going to go where it's going to go. But when So she's like, a, what, a production assistant or behind the scenes on a play in, what, New York, right? I mean, I think it's in the Catskills. It's some kind of, like, summer stock okay. kind of thing. And she ends up getting the lead performance in a play. And if you think that a person that works behind the scenes can't get the lead role in a play, <laughs> yours truly did. <laughs> Unintentionally. Magic happens every day. Um, did you see that? You saw that play, right? Of course I did. Could you tell me, was I any good? <laughs> I'm wondering yeah, after 20, what, 24 years, 25? You were good. Thanks. I couldn't remember. I was so panicked the whole time. I didn't know if I was good. I was just like, just survive. Just survive. <laughs> I kind of remember you panicking a lot on the stage, too. But I thought that was just part of your... It's part of the, it is part of the character. The, the the nice part is that my character was extremely high, strong, panic-stricken screamer. And <laughs> so basically, it was you. Yeah. <laughs> and balding. <laughs> Uh, I was supposed to play much older than I really was, but it helped my hair was falling out. <laughs> the only time I've been glad my hair was falling out. <laughs> the uh, But she ends up being the lead in the play, and I thought that her dynamic with... Uh, shit. Uh, Rachel Nichols, who was uh, a thing for a moment. Mm -hmm. uh, people don't... I maybe not remember. She was in the first G.I. Joe movie and P2 and Conan the Barbarian, and then disappeared um she was she was, no, Titans, she was in a lot of stuff she was in the last couple seasons of um alias oh was that was her fucked up movie what's that, that really fucked with me so oh p2 were really fucked with me yeah the uh 
I thought that she was really convincing at this conniving, manipulative. Yes, uh, absolutely. It was a really good performance for her. And that's the one that's the most compelling. And that's, I mean, we got Kyle McLaughlin too, who was a lot of fun. Is like, he's like, when he tells her, again, you're not doing this right. What I was hoping, if he's really an acting teacher or acting director, I think he should be smart enough to know to take a minute off stage and ask her what's going on instead of telling her to do it again and again and again. Because he's clearly not getting anywhere and that's really stupid direction. Well, but if you're a narcissist and uh, have a background in theatrics, you're not really known for being uh, compassionate or patient. I guess you just want you just want results. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he should have been smarter than that. But, you know, really, she she did a very, very good job of fucking with her in a really subtle way. And it's like, I mean, she's basically gaslighting her. And it was just like, this, a girl to do that to another girl is so sad. But it's pretty normal. I'm trying to figure out. Um, Carmen's mother in this is Rachel Tocotin or Tikotin or something. I don't know how you say her name. I've never but... known how to pronounce it. I'm, I was a little bit disappointed that they had such a good actress have such a small part. Well, at this time, she really wasn't acting that much. She was never a star, uh, but she did a few movies where she had some serious, like, you know, big-time exposure. But I'm also curious how old she was supposed to be to have a baby that age. So that's 2008. Yeah, well, she was 50. That's pushing it, but most people probably know her from Total Recall, Falling Down, Con Air. Um, I thought that she was really good in her, I think it's her first movie, and I'm sure you've never seen it, but it's a Paul Newman movie that I just watched from 1981 called uh, Fort Apache, The Bronx, and she's a heroin addict uh, nurse who Paul Newman's in love with, and she gives a devastating performance, and I'm kind of shocked that she didn't blow up after that. Yeah. Which is kind of a shame. But, you know, she was one of the first, like, legitimately convincing tough girls on film. And I, I kind of wish that we would champion her like the way we do with Linda Hamilton and Sigourney Weaver. Mm, well, there's only so much room. You can't be nice to very many old ladies. <laughs> if you do, it's woke. <laughs> uh, that wasn't. That, did I not sound better enough when I said that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So anything else you want to say about these movies before we go? Um, you know, I think one of the one of the differences I remember from this movie, I don't remember her getting back with Costas in the book. And also the Leo guy, the model guy, basically like seduces her into having just like, it totally like a huge fling, but he was one of those players that was like going off everybody and ended up kind of making her feel like trash. Yeah, I see. Here's where things I must have not. They kept I, it a little more innocent here, which is probably a good idea. Yeah, I missed whatever. It was, no, are you telling me that was in the book or the movie where he was a player? I'm pretty sure that that's how it went in the book. Okay, because see, all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. She just threw away this guy that she spends the whole first half of the movie with to go to Greece? Yeah, they basically just, they just drop it and there's nothing. That seems like a dick move, right? 
Some of it's like, why did you even bother bringing this in if you're not going to, like, wrap it up properly? Like, how she, yeah, she just runs away from, or just, like, ditches the guy, never mentions him again. But also the whole the whole thing about being in Turkey, that just, you know, it just all, a few of the thick plot lines seemed really pointless. And that's really what I was saying was, like, like I have a few issues with the story. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like, it's not the appropriateness or, oh, this would be offensive now, but I just think that there's some plot holes. Yeah, something either got edited out. Af- yeah, quite right. Something got edited out loose after ends. production or was taken out of the script. Yeah, loose ends. Yeah, and, um, yeah, I don't know. Wait, hold on. Do we find out whether or not Amber Tamblyn's character was pregnant or not? Yes. She was pregnant. No. Wait. Okay. You said, "Did we find out?" And I said, "Yes, we find out whether okay. or not she's pregnant." I remember. And she's not. She had. Why didn't you watch this movie? I did watch this movie. I have a short attention span and a terrible memory. <laughs> I know. I said, "When did you?" Oh, watch uh, it? yesterday. What the fuck's wrong with you? I don't know. Lots. <laughs> Listen, so the person who was closest to her, like, physically was Lena, so she called her, or Lena called her because she was dodging everyone and being shifty and evasive to everyone, and so Lena said, I'm coming to you, what what do you need? And she said, a pregnancy test. So she shows up at her door with a pregnancy test, and she says, guess, guess what showed up right before you did for period? Oh, see, I remember her asking about the pregnancy test. But then I must have missed the next part. I don't. I. Mm. Yeah, she yeah. never. Need, she never ended up taking it because her period. She got a period. Okay. Mm. That's embarrassing that I couldn't remember that when I saw it uh, twenty four hours ago. I mean, <laughs> it was it was a very it was a very quick scene. But I mean, whether or not she was pregnant is pretty big plot point here for you to not pay attention uh, to. Yeah. So. <laughs> not not ashamed whatsoever. Yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, that's why I have you here to keep me in line in some way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know what they're gonna do. There is, like I said, there is actually a. So there's must be one book for for like. It must have started when they were like sixteen, and then went. This was number four book, and then there's a fifth book that came out several years later where they're like adults way later on. Mm-hmm. But uh, I read a little bit of the description. I don't think I want to read it. Oh, and I don't know if that's where they're going to go with the story, but it sounds really not not what you're looking for. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to have sad. It sounds kind of sad. Yeah. Well, that's us. I don't know, dude. All right, so that is it for this episode. Check us out where you check us out. <laughs> and uh, say goodbye, I guess. <laughs>